you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we'll put a shot to our system by covering Static Shock, the animated series on... Yet another DC animated podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course, we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. This week, we are going back to Tatooine again to discuss (laughs) the seventh and final episode of the new Disney Plus series, The Book of Boba Fett, titled Chapter 7, In the Name of Honor. The episode was written by John Favreau, directed by Robert Rodriguez, and we are joined by Bohemian Geek Studies. Flo Siegel is in the house. Flo, hey. welcome back. Yeah, no, it's been a while. It's been a while since I talked to you. I know. Woo! <laughs> are you guys all ready to just kind of wait here while I go get the next Deus Ex Machina? Apparently, I'll be hiding behind the same damn transport as everyone else. I'll just be doing a little spin move, you know, cool one uh, while we wait. <laughs> Yeah, let's just dispense with the pleasantries. <laughs> All right, we'll dispense with the pleasantries. We're just going to punch it with an episode recap. So starting us off, we are in the ruins of Garza's Sanctuary, and no one even says her damn name. Shame on all of you. Mm-hmm. How dare you? That was some bullshit. Yeah. The war has officially begun. Din tells Boba that the people of Freetown are going to come and help as long as Boba agrees to end the spice trade on Tatooine which he does agree to, as always, despite Fennec's protests. So they just have to kind of hold out until then. Mm. The mods convince Boba to take his stand at the sanctuary instead of retreating to his palace, which is a bad plan. I mean, is it even a plan? Like, it's just a non-plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) It's just not good. (laughs) Why are we listening to the teens again? (laughs) The youths? <laughs> Why are we listening to the youths? <laughs> oh, man. So Cad Bane, I love him, <laughs> gets back to the Pike home office in Moss Isley with his report that he took out Cobb Vance. Kind of. <laughs> took out the deputy. That's right, I'm sure. The mayor is there and reveals that he wants this over and wonders if Boba would get help from the Tuscans. The Pikes reveal that they are the ones who took out Boba's old tribe. You know, to not have to pay protection money, which probably wasn't even that fucking expensive. Bane decides he has an idea to draw out Boba from hiding to force a showdown. Yep, and then an X-Wing arrives at Pelly's, and it's Grogu being <laughs> flown in by R2-D2. 
Uh, they have this nice little sweet reunion where she feeds the little guy. Finally, thank you. Somebody feed him. Uh, and she notices his nice new chainmail uh, mithril uh, <laughs> under his robes. Uh, Finnick then explains that the Gamorians are at the spaceport, the mods are in the workers' district, and Kersantan's at City Hall. So they're all keeping eyes out for where the pikes are going to strike from. Bane arrives and taunts Boba with the reveal that the pikes killed this Tuscan family and tells him what happened to Cobb. Finnick, though, manages to keep Boba from acting rashly, so Boba tells Bane that he'll only negotiate with the head of the syndicate. Yeah, then the mods radio in that something is off, and yeah, it definitely is, (laughs) and the local crime families all break their neutrality pledge with Boba, and they move on his soldiers. The Gamorians are forced off a cliff. Kersandan is covered in Trandoshians, who I really thought were going to rip him apart at this point. Yeah, I thought they were like, going to yep. That was yep. intense. Mm-hmm. And the mods mm-hmm. are pinned down by Aqualish. The major, dor- the major Dormo. Why is that so difficult to say? <laughs> major and also, Dormo. like, is he Italian? Like, why <laughs> is <this> happening? <laughs> Anyways, he confirms to Boba where the head of the pikes are held up. And Fennec races off to try and cut the head off the snake. She stops to help free the mods on the way, which was legit. Absolutely. She's awesome. Super cool. But also, real quick, can we talk about what was, like, what were those uh, checkpoints that they were guarding? They were so exposed. No one had a good angle. I need to stop myself before I keep going on. But, like, again, this was bad plan city. (laughs) Bad plans. Bad plans all around. So. Boba and Din ultimately decide that they're going to make their stand at the sanctuary instead of retreating back and trying to fly off in the formerly slave one. Um, and the Major Dono hilariously offers to negotiate for their safe passage off the planet with not a not a small amount of groveling. He goes out and he tries to sweet talk the pikes, but realizes too late because he didn't actually read the thing Boba gave him that Boba's offering nothing. Boba and Din use the distraction to fly in and just start mowing down the Pike soldiers. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Uh, unfortunately, there are just too many. They keep coming and things are not looking good. Until bum, bum, enter a contingent of Freetown soldiers led by our bartender. I think we actually got his name this episode too, which thank goodness. They are there to honor Cobb and stick it to the Pikes as they should. The mods and Kersantan also make it back. Oh my god, poor Kersantan. <laughs> like, fuck. This poor guy. He messed up. He messed up. The small army seems to be winning, but the pikes have I'm gonna totally butcher this, Scorpenic? Scorpenic, I think. Scorpenic, there we go. That are just too much to handle. Boba and Din distract the droids while the others can move on. Heli arrives with Grogu. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing, Heli? And father and son are reunited adorable here for it cried it's fine complete with the little baby boy jumping into his papa's arms and revealing his new shiny shirt (laughs) this may have been the most adorable thing that's ever happened in this was too much like i need an entire pod just on this moment because it was so much that was so adorable so we have that wonderful moment and then they take us away from that back to the mods and the freetowners so they're still fighting, and uh, they do a whole, 
uh, we're country folk, you're city folk, but you know, we're going to work together. He, yeah. Uh, it was so goofy and I loved it. I was like, you know what? I'm, I, I like this. This is great. I could take a so, show with uh, those two girls. I was like, let's, let's let them have a show. You know what? Yeah. They, they had some good chemistry together. I would, I would have a fun time seeing them like bump up against each other. Uh, so Den and Boba are trying to do everything they can to get through those shields, but there's nothing that they can do. So Boba leaves. He's going to get reinforcements. Den is trying to fight off the dro- the giant droid, and it's not going well for him. Then Grogu uses the Force to save him. He <laughs> rips that piece off. And I was like, you know he just wanted that as a toy. Absolutely. I don't know if he fully knew what he was doing, but he got that toy and saved Den's ass. <laughs> and then Boba arrives riding the Rancor, and he finishes off the Scorpionic droid in awesome fashion. And then everyone takes cover as Boba and the Rancor take on the other droid and win, causing a whole ass load of damage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for real. So much. Then Cad Bane scares off the Rancor with his flamethrower, which, like, what a piece of shit. <laughs> right? He's just a baby Rancor. Horrible, Stop that. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And he and Boba have a final showdown, which was, like, so, so intense like mm-hmm. it was great mm-hmm. and i just felt like we needed like that like wah, 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 music. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. come across. anyways bane gets the upper hand and he's about to finish off boba when he uses his gaffy stick to overpower his former mentor and stab him kill him maybe um the red light and the beeping is super suspicious so we're not sure put a pin in that <laughs> the raincore is still scared He's destroying the city. So, of course, everyone it just saved tries to shoot it. Unbelievable. Unacceptable. Every King Kong moment. Unacceptable. Honestly, the worst. Din is the only one, like, stop scaring him. I'm like, yeah, but even Din, like, then burns his mouth off. So, anyways, yeah, well, okay, that's fair, but like, I don't know, whatever. Then Grogu <laughs> manages to get out in front and Force connects with it to calm it down and snuggles up for a nap with his new big buddy. Such a Hulk moment. Adorable. Precious. So great. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Fennec, who I was thinking at this point, I'm like, where is she? Like, why is she not in this? I kind of forgot what she was supposed to be doing. <laughs> uh, so she's been kind of conspicuous by her absence arrives in Mos Eisley and promptly kills the leaders of the Pikes, the Trandoshans, the Aqualish, the Klaatuinians, and the Mare. You guys remember how she's like a master assassin? Because <laughs> she puts that on full display. Finally. Yeah. Holy shit. It was, I was like scared. Oh. I was like, oh man. <laughs> so sometime later, Boba and Fennec are walking through the streets of Mos Eisley. The citizens are saluting the Daimyo, showing him the respect that they kind of denied him before he had done anything to earn it other than, you know, kill his predecessor <laughs> some children offer him flo's favorite fruit the melee run i honestly i screamed at my tv so <laughs> there you go he takes it and they meets up with the rat catcher droid chrysanthemum and the mods in the streets and they have a nice little joke about sharing the fruit yay everyone's happy in a family everything's fine mm-hmm. Very cute. I, I liked the whole camaraderie thing at the end. It was adorable. Din flies off in his Naboo starfighter with Grogu in the former droid slot. Grogu convinces Daddy to go fast one more time. Just once. So adorable. <laughs> they are perfect. They are perfection. No one needs to change anything with their dynamic. And then we get the stinger. 
with the mod doctor super hot is seen over Boba's back to tank, getting ready to start a procedure. The tank is filled by none other than also super hot Cobb Vance. Uh, he did survive. Less hot. Less hot. He did survive. If anyone is a fan of Thundercat, it is so cool to see him as the mod doctor. I love that cameo so much. He has presence. Like, yeah, he's, he's so he's cool. an entertainer because he just is like given zero fucks about everything that's going on. <laughs> he's that. like weirdly like serving a lot of sex. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a lot. I mean, listen to some Thundercat songs and you'll get it. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's serving it hard, and so was Fennec this episode. Like those two were just like, mm, yeah, mm, mm, yeah, just keep going. All right, we are going to head into our overall reaction section. I had my hopes like in the middle. I was like, okay, I think the finale is going to be good. I don't know if it's going to like blow me away, but I was like, this is it's going to be good. It's going to be good, and I was pleasantly surprised. A lot of the beats that I thought were going to happen happened, like Boba riding the Rancor, Boba killing, maybe, Cad Bane, and then seeing Grogu and Din. I mean, adorable. It's so good. Anything to do with Grogu and Din in this was fantastic. Pelly is so funny. I love her. her. First of all, my favorite moment of the entire thing, besides Grogu hugging dad and snuggling, might have been the major domo totally hitting it off with Pelimato. <laughs> I was like, yes. shit, 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 shit. They were gonna fuck for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Because she's like, oh, your head tails are so sexy. He was like, someone just made fun of me for them. So this is like a huge turn on for me right now. <laughs> oh my God. I loved it. I was like, yeah, I think this is a solid show. I think it ended well. I like the vibe that they ended on. I do wish that the Tuscans had shown up. Mm. Yes, definitely. Because it seemed like they were forgotten by the end of the season. Where's our warrior woman? Because she was not in that pile of bodies that Din burned. I wanted to see my girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> where was she at? Otherwise, I really don't have like anything bad to say about the episode, except that it was like, it, it was exactly what I expected to happen. Although some of the moments were really shocking, like Fennec freaking destroying everyone. <laughs> it was good. It was solid. I was happy with it. And now I'm ready for Bad Batch Season 2 and Kenobi. <laughs> Very yeah. ready for that. I mean, I agree, you, with, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I have not been on the pod, so you haven't gotten a lot of my reactions, but I have been texting you. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I didn't love the first half of the season at all. I kept watching because it's Star Wars and I'm going to watch it. Like it could be an absolute train wreck and I'm still going to watch it. In fact, there was a train wreck. So that was great. (laughs) Um, It was a good episode. I thought the episode before was better. And I thought the episode before that was even better. So I feel like the second half of the season was definitely stronger than the first half. This episode was kind of weirdly paced for me it was kind of like a mishmash of things Mm -hmm. and I also feel like some things like Fennec being such a badass I would have liked to see more of that throughout the season and less just so focused on this episode and then I feel like the last episode before this one ended so intensely with the Grogu choice given to him by Luke 
And then we didn't get to see a lot of that. And I feel like the tension just wasn't there. I kind mm-hmm. of wanted Grogu to kind of take his time coming back to us. But overall, like, loved the episode. It was super, super fun. I thought it was funny. Obviously, seeing Grogu and Mando back together is, like, beyond, beyond. It was so great. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. I would have liked some more prequel callbacks like we had in the beginning of the season. But, um, alas, it was not meant to be. We'll be getting a lot of that with Kenobi. <laughs> I mean, girl, you already know I can't wait. <laughs> my boy, oh, so Hayden Christensen, back in my life. Yep. Yep. I'm just excited for Ewan McGregor looking uh, rugged in the desert. So, man, what is that? I maintain my theory that the Kenobi show is just going to be him snorting desert lizard and hallucinating Hayden like by a fire. Okay, but I think we're going to see Vader bitch slap some Inquisitors. They cast the Grand Inquisitor, so I think we're going to see that. That would be great. I think, like, my only fear for Kenobi, and I think you really touched on this in your intro, Anders, is like, I need to get off of Tatooine. I'm so tired of being on Tatooine, and I like worry that the Kenobi show is going to be really like a lot of Tatooine. I feel like the Kenobi show, though, he has to get off Tatooine because the one thing that cannot happen is Vader can have no indication that Kenobi is on Tatooine. Right. I I mean, yes, but like that's not what the poster is telling us. Maybe it'll be like the Inquisitors tracking. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) we can get into theories about the future. Daniel, what did you think about this episode on Tatooine? (laughs) So are we talking just this episode or are we going to get into the season as well in this discussion? I think you can do both. Do a little bit of a mix, yeah. Yeah. So I enjoyed the episode for what it was. I, I had fun with everything there were some direction choices that I'm like, yeah, how some of the action was framed. I wasn't too thrilled about, but I mean, it was a fun, enjoyable episode. My, my problem is that a lot of what happened in this episode feels like it was set up and talked about in other episodes. And then Boba in his own show was sidelined for two episodes. Yeah. I, I absolutely love Grogu. I love Din. I don't, think they added much value to this season if this show is Book of Boba Fett. It really felt like Boba Fett got sidelined in his own show Mm -hmm. and some of these moments didn't quite hit like I wanted them to because we talked about uh, the Rancor like all the way back in season three uh, he's saying that he wants to learn how to ride it. It's like okay it's going to take time. We got no scenes with him learning to ride the rancor we got no scenes with him interacting with that rancor right after episode three until then like these two episodes where we ran off with din and grogu we saw amazing things i loved those episodes Mm -hmm. those should have been the beginning of mandalorian season three yeah because Yeah. yeah that could have been time where boba we could have had flashbacks to his time with Cad Bane, so we would have better understood why Cad Bane was showing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know why he's showing up because I've watched Clone Wars and all that. Yes. For viewers who don't have that background, they're a scary, <laughs> cool villain. But if they had given us those little bit of flashbacks, maybe explain their link a bit better, mm-hmm. that would have been great. Some time with him interacting with the Rancor. So when he mm-hmm. rides it successfully, after seeing him maybe fail a few times, Oh, that would feel so earned. Yeah. And like having Din show up amazing, 
maybe don't show Grogu because the whole emotional crux at the end of season two of Mandalorian, we give Grogu to Luke. And if we're starting Mando season three with Grogu already back, you've robbed a lot of that emotional moment from the end of Mando season two. So like I, I had fun in this episode as I watched it, but then when I walked away, it felt so much more like the bridge between season two and three Mm -hmm. than it was Boba Fett's own story. And like Finnick, I feel like she got sidelined for so much. Um, Flo, you were talking about you wish you had seen more of her badassery across the season. Mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. She was there just to be like, here's the plot. Right. And we're going to like do some badass stuff every once in a while. Like when I help rescue your ship and then a badass moment of the way she executes all those leaders. Insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great moment. But like, I don't know. I want to see her do more. Boba. Yeah. I think I just wanted like more like CD underbelly shit, like more yeah. crime syndicate shit. I fully yes. agree. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree about like Grogu needing gold. to like come later. Yep. Thank you for mentioning the CD underbelly stuff. Cause like, what was Boba's goal? Is he a crime yeah. Lord now? Or is he the, the leader mayor. of a town? Like, leading it the way it should be like what is your absolute you have this whole like vision quest where you go out and you show yourself like breaking out of the confines of like the shadow of your father boba you find your new tribe and then you never interact with the tuscans again you never try and find anyone else they never come back like i don't know the themes like the themes were there and they just didn't capitalize on it Mm. it was messy like it wasn't it wasn't cohesive yeah it was very fun but it was messy. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I had so much fun with this episode. Like, I did enjoy the individual moments so much. All the all the big action set pieces. I think my main critique of this episode is actually pretty much the same as my critique of The Last Jedi, one of my all-time favorite Star Wars movies, and that the premise just drags for too long. Like, mm-hmm. we can only do the, just wait here while I go get the next x or the thing that's gonna save us and we just go to the next conversation we just just hit that on repeat for a little while Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but i mean it was thrilling uh and i think most of the issues i have are when we think about this season as a whole like i think this episode is what most of us thought the entire show was going to be after robert rodriguez directed that episode the tragedy in Mm -hmm. the mandalorian and they were like oh you like that well he's making a whole boba fett show and I think that it just ended up not being the case. Now that's partially on us, manage our, ex- manage our expectations. But thinking back to the season as a whole, like I'm thinking about how this show kind of came to be. And I can only imagine that they had like, they had this concept for the start of the Mandalorian season three. They had this concept for the Boba Fett movie that they had been mm-hmm. developing for a little while. And then they had like some new stuff when they introduced like the character of Fennec and three things kind of ultimately mashed together but instead of narratively stringing them together and kind of spacing them throughout they kind of just did like here's a chunk of one of those things here's a chunk of the other thing and here's a chunk of the other thing yeah um which was just it was really weird and we were talking about it all season that it just the editing and how this was all ultimately put together is a little bit baffling yeah. Bill enjoyed watching it. Don't get a don't get yeah. a strong. Oh yeah. Totally. It's like Carl Weathers says, like, you get a bone, you get a soup going, but yeah. it didn't it didn't make a soup. Like, and a lot of the of... stuff 
no, it just, it didn't mesh. It didn't mesh. It didn't go together. And a lot of the things like Daniel, you're talking about the Rancor, things like Boba's relationship with the people of Mos Espa, the Pikes building them up as villains. The seeds were planted, but then they just kind of skipped the growth part of it and just skipped straight to the end. And, you know, Boba Fett was originally going to have a movie. And one of the great things that we love about TV shows is you get to spend more time with the characters. You get to flesh out those characters, those storylines that give them Mm -hmm. room to grow. And we didn't end up getting that, which I just think was a little disappointing. Yeah. It it actually kind of reminds me of the, in the end battle of Avengers Endgame, Marvel has that shot of, it's the A-Force, right? It's all the women. And mm-hmm. that, and they're like, "See, we do have a ton of badass lady characters." And I and I watched that, and I was like, "Yeah, maybe two of them have actually been developed as characters. Don't skip straight to this point. Do the damn work." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still it still made me cry. <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's, and it it's still, still a thrilling a shot. Moment. It's still yeah. a great yeah. moment. It's still a great shot. But no, don't pat yourselves on the back yet. <laughs> you right. still have a lot. Of Black Widow not get a movie until after Endgame. Agreed. Don't even get me started on that. I will talk for a while. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But like I said, I still had a great time watching this episode. I liked watching the season. I'm really interested in where the story goes next. Mm-hmm. I have a question, actually, that has to do with reactions. Okay. I wonder if this show took too much for granted. Mm. Um, in terms of just like that people had watched Clone Wars, had watched Rebels, had just like a broader understanding of the universe than what just came from the movies or Mando. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they relied on that too heavily instead of doing some more heavy lifting. No, I'm, they're just like nestled down in what people already knew. And we're like, we're just going to keep bringing back the stuff people like, which is fine. But we wanted more. Yeah, but like, for, so I've watched Rebels. If you don't know that, go ahead and go listen watch to Rebel. the BGS Rebels pods <laughs> and definitely watch Rebels. But I have not watched all of Clone Wars. And I have not read any books. Um, and so I feel like I'm kind of like the the more lay person watching this. Um, and I feel like, yeah, like a lot of like the Cad Bane stuff, like I knew who Cad Bane was. I'd seen, I think, one or two Clone Wars episodes with him. So like when his shadow, you know, like when you saw the silhouette of him, mm-hmm. like I knew that was Cad Bane immediately, even though I don't have a lot of Cad Bane history. But like his relationship with Boba, like I don't know that one. And so, like, I know he's fought right. Fennec. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I wish that in the back to, in the back to tank, we had seen some flashbacks of that. Maybe like maybe exactly. got a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Flo, this is, this is the problem that I have is because you were, per, you were perfectly voicing the issue there. A lot of them, a lot of the knowledge that people have about the Cad Bane Boba stuff is from deleted arcs from season seven that they had already planned out but weren't able to do so like you have to have this outside knowledge that's not technically canon because it never was released to know this stuff and so like that's where these flashbacks really should have come in place like you were absolutely correct there yeah and it was just a conversation about give us sassy teen boba i would i would have loved yes. to see that wait i'm sorry anders you want to push back on my argument what <laughs> this is so unexpected i know this never happens i'd never, <laughs> never. disagree <laughs> so i actually think one of the good things about one of the things that they did really well with the show and i mean part of this is definitely me having to imagine things because i'm not in the position you are flow i'm not sure. in the position of 
not having background knowledge on who Cad Bane is. I was thinking about it because they did it really well with Kersantan when he walked in. Like, if you haven't read the comics, that doesn't really matter. You know everything you need to know about that guy the second he walks he walks onto the screen. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that they did a pretty damn good job with that with Cad Bane as well. Like, if you had never seen this guy before, you knew pretty much what you needed to know about him, like as a person. This in that intro scene. Um, I disagree. Like. I feel like I know that he was like some sort of like, I, I definitely knew he was dangerous. Don't get me wrong. Like that I got a million yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know if he was a bounty hunter. I didn't know if he was working for the Pikes, a different crime syndicate. If he was just like a rogue dude who just hates Boba Fett. Like, I don't feel like I got that from the episodes. I got yeah. danger. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. They, they hint at their back history with each yeah. other during their duel, but they never like really talk about it. Yeah. And so I think if Cad Bane had showed up a little bit earlier in the season, or we just had flashbacks like we were talking about, that would have fleshed it out more. I think it would have helped more people understand exactly why Cad Bane being there is such a big deal. Because mm-hmm. it's all about Boba's reinvention right now. Is he going to be like Cad Bane, like in his 70s, still being a bloodthirsty uh, bounty hunter? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to change himself like he's been trying to do all season? So, like, there's this cool, like, where is Idea. Boba going, like, fight for his soul thing going on. But if you don't know about their history, it doesn't land as well. And, like, right. so I love the idea. The execution just, it it's not on the same level because it didn't go on for so long. But it feels like a lot of my problems with the end of Game of Thrones season eight, where it's like, I see where you're going. There's good story ideas here. We didn't take the time to flesh it out. But right. even with Game of Thrones season eight, we still got Danny like raising those dragons from babies, which we did not get with Boba and the Rancor. So. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. We just Jeez. needed more scenes of him petting a Rancor and being so sweet exactly. to it. Yeah. yeah yes. We needed more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I just feel like this was two shows mashed into one mm-hmm. and i feel like the tuscan raider plotline did not really pay off at the end besides saving boba's life which you know they had done before and maybe like one episode would have been good of him like training with the gaffy stick but like i didn't need all of that and if cad bane is coming back if cob vanth is coming back because they're not dead like i needed a lot more backstory than what i got anyways that's my only thing i loved it <laughs> i love the show i'm super pumped about it great <laughs> course we liked yeah. it we just also have to throw out the critiques that's yeah. right what we're here for we are going to move into our homages easter eggs callback section starting out with the episode title in the name of honor good title a wonderful callback to the trope of the honorable warrior although i thought i was like din you're ready to die like too fast like it seems like he's lost grogu and he's just like ready to to die for both. That I was, was like so weird. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I guess he's been like thrown out of his cult. Basically, he went to find Grogu, and Ahsoka basically talked him out of it. So he goes back to Boba, and it's like, I guess this is all I got now. We might as well die together. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let's do it, bro. Yep. I was like, Are you going to do like a Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid thing? Are we going back to the westerns tropes? Um, immediately when I saw the title, though, I thought of the honorable ones from Rebels <laughs> because Zeb and Callus have my heart. So I saw that and I was like, oh, it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 
All right, well, next up, we have the line here. Uh, the people who live here need our protection. Mods, this is still a bad plan. I still mm -hmm. I still stand by it. But it did actually, it recalled me back, hey, guess what? I'm connecting it to Rebels. <laughs> this is what we do. Um, in the Rebels kind of finale arc, Ezra removes the Imperial troops from the streets, so the civilians are just kind of opened up to Thrawn's wrath. So kind of connecting that to Boba, if he holds up in his palace, it just leaves the people out there vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But then it would also have brought the pikes away from the city. No <laughs> <laughs> terrible placement, so exposed where everyone was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we also saw Luke's X-wing being piloted by R two. So he flew the ship, which was so cool to see. Um, he's done that in the comics, and then in Rebels, we've also seen Chopper do that with the Phantom multiple times. And then, of course, <laughs> we were all Pelly. <laughs> <laughs> for that hot second where she's like oh what's your name and he's obviously like grogu and she's like that's a fucking horrible name absolutely not and that's how we were all when ahsoka was like his name is grogu we're like no it's not it's baby yoda goodbye <laughs> yeah he's still gonna be baby yoda for a while forever uh well so grogu baby yoda whatever we want to call him was eating those dung worms that are apparently from the Phantom Menace video game, which I had back in the day as a young child, and I do not remember at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, gosh. And then we get Cat Bane's insult to Boba here. If that's not the Quacta calling the stiff to slimy, which like, they just like you say these things, and I'm like, sure, those are words. <laughs> but it is actually a callback. Boba said that exact line to Costco Reeves back in The Mandalorian. It's like the Jabberwocky, right? It's just like nonsense words that we're just like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, dude. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh my God. This was, uh, it had to come. Like, obviously this was going to happen. The locals betraying their treaty and taking out Boba's forces. Like, yes, this was going to happen no matter what. This trope is used in many films and shows, just like the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Lots of betrayals and Lots backstabbing. Betrayal. Very Godfather. <laughs> uh, I just watched the show Jamestown. Uh, and they end on this actually the uh the local native americans pull this off against the settlers like they're having like a first thanksgiving type meal type thing and then the natives just take out their weapons and short-term gains very long-term loss on that one for them though yeah <laughs> yeah but i bet it was so satisfying <laughs> oh definitely yeah <laughs> Uh, next up, those Gamorreans go off the cliff. They kind of get off, off the same sound effect as when he, the one fell into the Rancor pit in Return of the Jedi. And, oh, God, poor guys. They just want oh, so to So bad for job. them. Right? No one spoke up about them at all. So rude. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> poor guys. Um, we also see Mando still holding on to the Creed that has not super helped him in the past. <laughs> They've just no. cast him out, and he's like, "Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm keeping this helmet on. This is the way. This this is how it is, guys. So Ooh. we'll see how that pans out in Mando season three. I feel like this is going to be a huge thing coming up. So yeah. right now, he's still holding on to it. So we also get reference to the Pike homeworld of Obadiah. So the Major Domo makes a reference to the planet. Uh, that is where Master Sifo-Dyas was held captive after he ordered the clone army from Kamino. Uh, not exactly a fun place to visit. Major Domo, you're very dumb for that. Right, yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, you don't want to go there. 
no, he no was one just turning. He was just turning it up to eleven this whole episode, though. He was great. Yes, he was oh, in it. The actor who plays him, fantastic. Loved oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for the Tatooine show that is him and Pelly, like trying to date. <laughs> I'm here oh. for that. Oh, so he gets insulted. He is called the Tailhead. This is an insult for Twi'leks that the Pikes gives the major drama very rudely. It's originally from Legends canon. It's a reference to their Leku and pretty obviously inspired by the slur Towelhead from our world. So he, I thought he handled himself pretty well with being insulted like that. And that, that is his job to be like. I mean, he's a diplomat. He just knows how to handle things. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like damn pikes you're gonna talk like that while you've got that fish face like yeah (laughs) i mean his his leku are way cooler than your little like fish tendril face things i mean if that's not the quack they're calling the stiff to slimy let me tell you (laughs) okay thank you all right next up i mean all the best weapons make make cameos here we get the knee gun we get the whistling bird the dark saber everything comes through they throw everything they have at these <laughs> these droids i really wish boba had said something like holy shit that's a fucking lightsaber <laughs> what are you that doing with so- a lightsaber <laughs> oh man so then we also see the garrison from freetown they come in in a v35 courier which is in the streets of most Eisley, all the way back in a new hope so that was cool to see that back Mm-hmm. I love all the different rides people have. I don't mind the Vespas. The Vespas are fine. <laughs> they made a, a little showing too. Next, we have those Scorpenic. I still am like, is that, is that how I say it? <laughs> Scorpenic droids. Sounds like Scorpion a little bit. These thinking, are based yeah. off of some concept art for Attack of the Clone. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just losing my mind. <laughs> it's all good. I knew you were gonna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They do resemble large droidicas with the ray shields. I was like, oh, yes. fuck, they have ray shields. Yeah. This is so cool. This is not going to go well. In the Clone Wars season five episodes that make the Onderon arc, troops learn how to slowly roll grenades through the shields. I was waiting for someone to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. I was like, when are you going to do that? Since energy weapons can't get through and ballistics have too much momentum. It's like, they dude. even called that out. They, they specifically said that. And I was like, is someone going to roll a thermal detonator for us? Mm-hmm. That was the whole point. Like, come on, guys. Their design oh, with the red eye seems to also be an homage to HAL 9000, of course, and the T1 from Terminator 3. You know what I wanted them to do, though? Because obviously, like, when I saw them, I was like, Jordicas! But I wish they had, like, rolled up, but, like, in a huge ball and then just, like, rolled around and then, like, unleashed. Anyways, that, that would have been so amazing. Cool. That would have been <laughs> amazing balls. Uh, okay, so we also get Pelly, who arrives in that rickshaw droid that we saw a few episodes before. He is very interested in self-preservation. Also, he gets called a, called a bucket of bolts, which is definitely a callback from Leia saying a similar thing about the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, poor, poor droid. He gets, like, something chucked at his head. Right? the worst. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. It's like, Pelly, be nice here to your droids. It was horrible. Oh, just like, the droids always get it. Yeah. The droids and the Gamorreans, like, come on. <laughs> Poor people. Next, we have Tanti, the weekly proprietor bartender, finally gets a name. Thank you right. for giving our alien characters names. He deserves it. He deserves a name. <laughs> 
Thanks. Uh, uh, Grogu puts that force jumping lesson he looked he got a couple episodes ago to good use when he uses it to jump up into his dad's arms. And I do have to shout out. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Our friend Sean uh, posted a video on like a on a thread that we have, and um, his son insisted on recreating the scene. So he's wearing his Mandalorian helmet, and his son's wearing a little little Grogu ears, and he jumps up into his arms. So cute! So adorable. is adorable oh and then so we get another kind of a fun father-son dynamic between the rancor and boba um so yeah we we finally get to see those two interact and uh it was awesome we get the cool king kong reference when he's climbing up the building uh love that because king kong is such it's one of my favorite movies so i love both I love the original and the Peter Jackson one. Mm-hmm. I do too. Mm, the Peter Jackson, the Peter one, Jackson is, one is, is wild. I'm not a fan of the Peter. <laughs> Goes on a little too long, but King Kong fighting a T Rex, like that is one of the coolest things I've ever watched. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so the Rancor here gets shot multiple times Maybe. and like stabbed a couple mm-hmm. of times and doesn't go down, and that's awesome, and I loved it, but I. I just can't help but think back to the last Rancor we met was beaten by a door. But yeah. hold on. <laughs> There's those little blaster bolts which are hitting him, which are small compared to the size of this Rancor. That door was brought down. That's a thick metal door collapsing on that Rancor. That's crushing bones. That's traumatic body damage. That That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Maybe it hit him just right. Poor Batista. Yeah. <laughs> I also just want to add here that Boba rode a giant beast in the absolutely shameful and horrifying Christmas special that Anders made me watch. <laughs> so if you also got flashbacks of Boba riding something, anything, and that might be because you've been scarred for life as I have. So thanks for that, Anders. I You're regret great. nothing. Say one more thing about this <laughs> rancor. There. They mentioned specifically in the episode, they're like, oh no, the droids, they're going to tear up the city. So then Boba goes and gets his Rancor, who tears up the city. I mean, there is no more city after this. It's destroyed. It is rubble. Yeah. I mean, it is a huge city, though, which I did not realize until some more of the establishing shots in this. This is Danny with the bells. (laughs) Just destroyed King's Landing. Yes. All right, well, next up, Boba does give in to his darker side with a nice little Palpatine line from Revenge of the Sith as he instructs the Rancor, do it. Now I do it. (laughs) Yeah, he totally tore that droid shreds. (laughs) Here for it. Also, please give the Rancor a name. I will go on and on about names. Please give them names. Next, we have the Cad and Boba showdown, which was very good. In the Unfinished Clone Wars arc for these two, they end up in a showdown similarly, and Boba shoots Cad Bane in the head. Like, damn, you can see the metal plate in his head. <laughs> Why? Wild shit. The scene also featured Cad's shot being the one that gave Boba's helmet the dent in the forehead, which would have been a cool scene to see. Like, maybe they yeah. had this encounter, but then Cad didn't die. This scene also hints at their long history together, that Cad trained Boba in his past and has connections to Django. So this is like dad figure, 
number two. Boba ultimately beating Cad with his gaffy stick is also a callback to his fight with Chrysanthemum when he had to use the lower tech weapon in order to, like, not die. <laughs> mm-hmm. So one thing that we need to mention about Django and Cad Bane is that they had a rivalry mm-hmm. and Django was considered the superior bounty hunter until, he, you know, Mace Windu cuts his head off. Cad Bane becomes the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. His whole deal with raising Boba is that he wanted him to be as good as Django so he could then kill Boba and prove that he was the superior bounty hunter. I wish we got some more of that juicy, juicy backstory between the two of them in this. Yeah, that's Same. dark. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's is dark. Is dark. Mm-hmm. It that needed dark. that. We needed that darkness. <laughs> yeah, that slimy underbelly stuff. Yeah. Well, you know what's probably slimy, but less dark? <laughs> Groger's toy. <laughs> yes. He gets his favorite little shiny ball back from the Razor Crest. And he was consistently taking it from Din's ship, so he finally gets to play again, which is great for everyone. Yay! Oh, yes. I love seeing that re- reunion. That was beautiful. That was so great. Uh, so Din learns that he cannot ride a Rancor. Um, so he cannot ride it, that it takes time and bonding and practice and everything, which he had none of, um, which we also didn't see. But it's also a callback to him just being terrible with animals in general, like all the way back to chapter one of Mandalorian. He's just not had a good time with animals. No. <laughs> and uh, I mean, other people did not have a good time with this Rancor as well. At one point, oh. he chucks a pike across the city and we do get a Wilhelm scream, <laughs> which is a staple <laughs> Star Wars sound effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm here Love for that. it. And then he ate one, which I was less here for. <laughs> like, I don't want to Oh, watch no, him. I was waiting for that. Yeah, I mean, he had to. So happy. Uh, <laughs> he's just protecting himself. Poor BB. Next, <laughs> this this had to be. I loved this part so much. Grogu with the Rancor. Very Ezra of him to use the connection to calm him down. Mm-hmm. And then taking a little nap because he's so tired. He's been using the Force constantly. <laughs> That was so, so freaking cute. It was precious as fuck. I was like, he's gonna lay down next. He's gonna he's laying down next to the rain car. Oh my god, snuggling up next to it. <laughs> so cute. Ugh. I just thought this episode was also really funny. So we got this line: "Guessing there's not gonna be a barbecue," which was like so sassy, but such a great reference to Pelly grilling meat almost every time we see her. She is up on her protein let me tell you mm-hmm. she's keeping it real so we get this amazing assassination scene of fennec and to me she was just going full batman especially when she, like she used the wire to, <laughs> to pull the, the mare up now she yeah. left him hanging presumably by the neck where batman probably wouldn't do that but still uh it also kind of reminded me of danny taking out all the cows in game of thrones when she locks them in and burns them all alive so good. Uh, and of course, that scene in Revenge of the Sith where Vader slaughters all of the Separatist leaders on Mustafar. Mm-hmm. Great it was scene. just so cold-blooded in a way that we had not seen in the rest of the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we needed more of that kind of momentum. Yeah. Especially from Fennec. Like, that was such and a beautifully shot scene. Because like, okay, this is Robert Rodriguez in his element. I wish we had gotten more of that. Instead of hiding behind one thing for a long time. <laughs> yeah. It just reminds you to be scared of her again. Yes. Like, yeah, we should all be terrified of Fennec right now. Uh-huh. 
Oh my gosh. Did like the ending Boba and Fennec walking the streets at the end is a nice full circle moment where before they were getting the stink eye from literally everyone. Now they're being saluted and given that Melu Ron, which for Santa then like freaking destroys. He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's a healing Wookiee. Yeah. Every time yeah. I see a Maluron, I'm just like, Hera, where are you? When are we getting you <laughs> yes. in live action? Is she all right? Yeah, is she Please. safe? Is she all right? <laughs> is she safe? Oh, man. So not necessarily an Easter egg, but we did get to see Grogu sitting in that little dome in the Naboo Starfighter. Mm-hmm. And it was so cute. It was so cute. I loved it. Just the tap, 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 tap <laughs> on the windows. I thought he wanted to go sit up with with Mando, but when he flipped the switch, that was so perfect. Yeah, I know I wasn't here to talk about the Naboo Starfighter, but when I saw that thing two episodes <laughs> ago or whatever, I nearly passed out. Anything so from funny. Naboo is just the greatest thing ever. I love that ship, yes. and I'm so here for it. So I'm here right for there it. With you. Oh mm-hmm. my god, it was amazing. Um. Okay, and then at the very, very end of the episode, we get the mod doctor, Dr. Sexy, and <laughs> Cobb <Yeah>. Vance. <laughs> They're in the stinger, marking their future return, pretty obviously. Robocop, man. Yeah, Gotta I can't wait Robo-Cop. to see what kind of mods he's going to get. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he was shot in his shoulder, so maybe he's getting an arm? Mm, maybe he's like going to have like a reverse so uh, Bucky arm from... Yeah, maybe. America. <laughs> yeah, hmm. maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll do the, the one thing that I can't believe none of the mod kids that have done. None of their mods are weapons. <laughs> like, come on, I mean, guys. You live, a in, few. You, live, you live in a you live in a mean you live in a mean streets. You gotta you gotta up your game here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All I right. Love it. Well, that is gonna wrap it up for the connections and callbacks next. Any final thoughts we have on the season, on the episode? Any questions we have coming out of that? Where do we think the story is going to go next? Where do we want it to go next? And I'll start us off with this line Bobus and our Fennec says at the end. And he's like, yeah, maybe we're not cut out for this. And she says, if not us, then who? Now, you could say that that's when you pair that with Cobb in the, uh, in the finale. Maybe he can wake up and kind of take over. But they do... The first people we see are the mods after they say that line. Is this like a reference to, is this Boba almost doing a, those who are best suited to power or those who don't want it? Or after we go through this whole thing, is he suddenly just like, you know, Daniel, you said it earlier, we don't really know what he wants. Is he suddenly like, yeah, you know what, actually, nah, I don't want to do this. Maybe I'll go be a bounty hunter again. Mm -hmm. It could be. I mean, that kind of is like, Really? We've gone through this entire season and now you just want to leave? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which gets into my next question. He he says in the episode, these are my people. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, since when? Because you're not from Tatooine. We -hmm. have flashbacks. You're from Kamino. And I guess he, again, he's a crime lord, but he doesn't do crimes. So is he just like a mayor king thing now? Right? Yeah. I I don't understand. He's like the mayor now. It feels that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if you like, eliminate He's gone soft. Like, he's gone so soft. I'm he's just, ready. I'm he's ready to retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so we were talking about this a little bit earlier, too. Din and Grogu are back together. 
and mm -hmm. we got some backstory on the Darksaber, how it pertains to Bo-Katan. You know, we were we were saying that it's is that robbing us of the emotional impact from Mandalorian that at the start of season three, they're already back together. My question on that is, is putting all that stuff in this show, them kind of saying, we know you guys all probably had questions about Bo-Katan and the Darksaber when we made this big deal about it being one in combat mm -hmm. um, when she didn't do that last time. Well, the answer is what you thought it was. Take that as your answer and let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with putting Din and Grogu together. It's like, well, we, to move their story forward, they have to be back together. So yeah. they're just going to be back together. And if you want to find out how that happened, go watch it over here. But we don't want to spend the time on the actual Mandalorian show right. to do that. Oh, man. Can you imagine that? <laughs> like starting Mando season three and not having watched Book of Boba Fett, you'd be so fucking confused. Mm -hmm. How did like, any of this happen? Yeah, exactly. What is going on? Be like, oh, just go watch the last couple episodes of Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then lastly, in terms of where we could go next with the story, um, I have a new idea for a spinoff, and that involves Garza Whip coming in, and it turns out she is an agent of Kira's in Crimson Dawn so we have a show about the two of them together that ends with her on Tatooine like either she's undercover or she's just like gotten away from that life and is setting up her own thing however you want to do it but we just get like six to ten episodes of Kira and Garza together on screen okay but like serious question is there any way this could happen in Andor uh no the timeline's off for that damn it stop it I, know, I just want like all the spy thrillers <laughs> in space. I just want Kira all the time in well, every show. Wait, mm -hmm. no, if Kira was in uh, Book of Boba Fett, that would have been like 20 to 30 some years after Solo. So she would have been have to be aged up, but she could appear well, in so Andor. Yeah, I, yeah, I think she could well, be. What is Andor? Andor? Andor is uh, Rebels like, timeline, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like right the in the Rebels timeline. Time Rebels. Well, so, so we she could see Hera there too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she, I mean, would... she could be in that one. She would just be really young, and she'd just be uh, living a Corellian dream, mm -hmm. right? Wouldn't she still be on Corellia? Because she's like about the same age as Leia, and Leia's in Rebels. Um, I'm trying to think no, how old they I are think... in Solo. Because I don't think Solo takes place that much before. A New Hope. Solo, I think, is like five years after uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm. I hate timeline stuff is wild. <laughs> it's it's yeah. confusing, but I think like Han and Kira are a few years older than Luke and Leia. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, I want to see it. I want to see all of Crimson Dawn all the time. I just want a show Crimson called Dawn. Crimson Dawn. Yeah, they were very much the Mephisto of this show. Yeah. The, are they going to show up? Are they going to show up? Yeah, and that was weird, right? Like, I, I don't know why they didn't just lean into that a little bit more. I don't, right. I don't know. Just yeah, weird. the like, crime. Why stuff. bring in the Pikes if you're not going to bring in other crime weird syndicates? syndicates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they teased us. We were teased like this entire season. No, oh. <laughs> it was like oh. edging. <laughs> <laughs> Without the payoff. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Maybe yeah. we'll get it soon. We got a different like, payoff. It wasn't the payoff we were expecting or hoping for. <laughs> Just saying. But we did get some good scenes. Um, for me, I, I have a lot of questions. 
us about the, mm-hmm. like, if we're going to do a season two, what's that going to look like? Um, my main takeaway from this was please no more Luke. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore, Luke. Um, even though it was fun to see him, that part felt underdeveloped too. Yeah. And I can kind of see that this is a backdoor pilot, maybe to do an animated show with Luke training his new people. If it were animated, I'd be much better with it. Even if the effects have gotten that good, I'm like, no, just don't, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Do he it looked like us. a yassified version of Luke. He, yes. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind the CGI. I just feel like every time I see Luke after the original trilogy, I just like him so much less. Mm-hmm. And it like really is hard. Right. Mm-hmm. You just need like, to move away from the Skywalkers right now. Yeah. Right. Like, stay away from that right now. And we are going to get more Ahsoka, which I'm very excited for. I I think that this show works, but they really needed to tout it as part of Mandalorian. Like, they wow. really needed to push that part. Being like, we, it is called the Book of Boba Fett, but this is a chapter within the volume of the Mandalorian. Yeah, which would have made more sense. It's like this was this whole show was like a freaking huge side quest <laughs> for Flo. Oh, you know how much I love those. It was a massive side quest, and there were elements that I really liked. But I want to know more about the Tuscans. Like everything that I was like, where are the Tuscans? Are we going to talk about the Tuscans? Like what is going on here? And they felt sidelined after being so important in the first half of the season, and then nothing happened. And then also the freaking killing of the female characters. Like if the warrior is dead, she died off screen, which is awful. And then right. killing off Garza. Like what the hell? What are we doing here? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I was, yeah. And Max Rebo, is he safe? Is he all right? We don't know. <laughs> we would assume that he is. It's just, yeah. I, I really liked elements of the series, but it's definitely one that can't stand alone. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. not its own thing, and I mean they were talking about it being a part of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. as as the two point five, but like you said, they d- they, didn't, they didn't like stick it. to their guns on that. Yeah, they didn't do the sales of it on that. They like mentioned it way back in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then didn't bring it up until people were like, "Uh, what?" Yeah, <laughs> and I wanted it to be more Godfathery. I wanted the crime element, the darkness. Like, yes, Bob was trying to be better. But that doesn't mean he's going to be good all the time. <laughs> like we needed more of him saying do it to the Rancor. Like, yes, more of that, please. <laughs> yeah, so my questions have to do with like a lot of Mando Grogu things. First of all, like I'm not really sure what the point was of sending Grogu to Luke. How long was he even with Luke? And what did he learn? Like mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't he think did start to get he did start to get a little bit more of a grasp on his powers. He did start we did get the memory. He's so to yes. Okay, so things. let's talk about that memory. So my guess mm-hmm. is that this obviously this was order 66. I get that a million percent. Mm-hmm. My question is, was this the whole memory, a part of the memory? Are we gonna get more memories in the future? And this was just like a thing Luke had to unlock, and then he's gonna develop on his own. Does he like need Luke there? I don't think so. I would hope not. 
Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely want to see more Grogu memories. I definitely do. I want to see him like in the Jedi temple. I want to yeah. see more order 66. I want to see what happened after. I want to see how he got into the egg carrier. I want to mm-hmm. see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's, we get a lot of that next season. Um, as his powers, like, I don't feel like he learned that much, like maybe a little bit, but like to jump, <laughs> like not enough to take him away from Mando. And then they just like send him right back. So it's kind of like, eh. or I would have liked to see more of his decision of like, do I do the Jedi thing? Do I do the Mando thing? Like, I don't know. We just didn't see much of it. I have huge gripes about Ahsoka and her part in this. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. What was she doing? Like what is happening? <laughs> I'm so confused as to why Ahsoka would be gatekeeping Grogu from Mando. Like Ahsoka right. who has turned away from the Jedi order. Ahsoka who has seen what the Jedi did to Anakin who have seen like how they have failed, how their like belief system is so flawed is like, "Mm, no, he shouldn't have attachments. Like go fuck yourself, Ahsoka, like for real. And also like Luke himself being like, you shouldn't have attachments. Like, fuck you. Tell me more about your sister and your best friend Han, who like you are so attached to like, and your father. Like you or your father, your father right. by like, being attached. Like, have we learned nothing here? And like, why are you sub- subjecting Grogu to the same kind of like emotional torture? Mm-hmm. It's just like it yeah. really made me upset. It made yeah. me feel like, what was all this for? Right. And like, why are the Jedi continuing this stupid ass shit that has caused their demise? Right. So I was very upset by that. I will. That's why we need Ezra back. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Give me I, Ezra immediately. I did notice. I, when I was thinking about this, because, you know, Ahsoka will say she's not a Jedi, so she's not bound by those laws mm-hmm. or those beliefs necessarily. Oh, but how convenient. Back, thinking back to it, that's not the part of the Jedi Order that she rejected. Sure. <laughs> she, she rejected them because they abandoned they, her. They, yeah. they abandoned her. Yeah. Right, but like, why would she continue supporting that? Like, why would she continue preaching that? They abandoned her. They were completely emotionally unavailable for everybody. Every youngling that was murdered in that temple Mm -hmm. was abused. Like, let's be real about it. So Mm -hmm. to subject Grogu to this in like Luke's quote unquote new school or whatever, like, why are we doing more (laughs) of the same here? Why have we learned nothing? Mm-hmm. Since I mean, unfortunately we, yeah. some of the limitations that the story decisions in the sequels have caused, yeah, um, because they're yeah. trying to match like, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I get that. Like Luke tries to restart the Jedi Order and then realizes later on that, like, oh, it was all hypocrisy and that they made the wrong decisions. And it's like, okay, but so I guess you didn't realize that until after you made those same mistakes. But I don't know. It's just it's. Yeah, it is a bit of a bummer the way that they have to play this out. Mm-hmm. Can I say one last thing that was very upsetting to me? <laughs> Why is Ahsoka calling him Master Luke? Luke is not a fucking Jedi Master. He has trained for like five days on Dagobah. <laughs> like, go fuck yourself. How is Anakin not granted the rank of Master, but Luke has, after shooting this, after the stupid like shooting thing, training droid shot him like three times, and then like a hot semester on Dagobah with Yoda. Get fucked. 
No. I mean, ranks mean absolutely nothing. Din is literally holding the weapon that makes him the leader of all the Mandalorian people, and he does not have the rank of Mandalorian anymore. I know. But, like, why is Ahsoka so fucking, like, you know, deferential to Master Mm -hmm. Luke? Get the fuck out of here, Ahsoka. No. Oh, my God. I... I would have been I mean, changing your diapers if not for Order 66. Like, totally. get out of here. Get yeah, exactly. Here. You are a child. <laughs> I need to go fight Sabine. I'm out. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry. That was all my rants and questions. I like No, fair enough. I'm here for the rants. <laughs> um, Maybe that is how she becomes Ahsoka the White, is that she finally lets go of that kind of bullshit. I mean. Maybe. That would be nice. I'm here for it. How about you, Daniel? What you got? So, I don't... Boba Fett, this, his story feels incomplete and complete at the same time. Like, we could just leave him here and maybe he pops up every once in a while as a cameo to do some badass stuff and that's it. But, I mean, it still feels incomplete in that, like, what exactly is he doing here on Tatooine anymore? I, I, I'm going to keep coming back to this because the more and more I think about it, the more and more it bugs me. I kind of wish we could have just gotten rid of the episodes with Mando so we could have focused on Boba. Mm-hmm. Maybe see some flashbacks where after the Tuscans are dead, he doesn't get his shit back yet. And he has to spend time in Mos Espa and he mm-hmm. integrates himself with the people there. And so he has his tribe with the Tuscans and his tribe with Mos Espa. So mm-hmm. when he finally learns you need a tribe, it makes sense why he's like, these are my people. Right. Um, Show, don't tell. Yeah. We got to see him as this badass fighter unleashing the Rancor, uh, you know, flying around with Din, shooting people out of the sky. Mm-hmm. We got to see him do these cool, awesome bounty hunter things we wanted to see from him. But now he's like this mayor and it feels like they were trying to have him have this like, you know, the, he had the vision quest where he's breaking away from his past ties and these metaphorical things they're putting up. But then is he still a crime lord? Like, if we're going... F- forward and we have a season two i want to see boba either go full on i am a crime lord of this city like i'm still going to protect the people but i am a crime lord Mm -hmm. or see him go straight make connections with the tuscans and fight against like crime systems i need to see him take a stance Mm -hmm. he's waffling in this middle ground where i don't know what is he supposed to be anymore Mm-hmm. I need him to take a stance and go from there. But really, I just want to see more interactions with Tuscans because I loved that stuff. I did too. The flashbacks were so cool. And then, Flo, you said it, it amounted to nothing because the Tuscans never came back. Well, because they like, all yeah. died the men, the women, the children too. <laughs> and the dogs. Cannot accept that that badass Tuscan female warrior is yeah. gone. Yeah. She was so cool. Her mm-hmm. design was awesome. She was beating Boba's ass, teaching him the gaffy stick, and then he uses the move that she taught him. Cool mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish she had been there. Same. I just wish there was some Tuscans involved because after seeing Mando's interaction with the Tuscans and then getting the people of Freetown and the Tuscans to work together, mm-hmm. I really thought that would have all come together in one big mesh. I don't know. Same. So then the tribes are like uniting. Like the yeah. Tuscans are becoming part of the society of Tatooine as it is now. It would be cool to see Boba. Yeah. Like 
really making a kingdom for himself out there of like Tuscans and, and like most Espa and most Isley people that are loyal to him. Mm -hmm. It would have been so cool. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe if we go for a season two, can we see him like conquering Tatooine? That would be (laughs) awesome. That would be pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure we'll see more Tuscans when it comes to Kenobi. (laughs) Yeah. But I just, please don't slaughter any more villages. (laughs) Stop slaughtering Tuscan people because, like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about video games because that's what I do when I get yep. on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the way back in Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, set four thousand years before the movies, mm-hmm. you could slaughter a whole village of Tuscans for a company if you like, and they would pay you for it. But if you did the right thing and you brought this droid who could translate for you, you could speak to the Tuscan people and learn about their history where they talk about how there used to be oceans and how like they had to adapt after the oceans dried up from being bombarded and all that. Like backstory they hinted at in this. I'm yeah, like, oh, the Tuscans are a people with a culture. And so whenever we just slaughter them, it makes me sad. Yeah. So please, Kenobi, don't slaughter the Tuscans. <laughs> Leave the Tuscans alone. <laughs> Leave them alone. Thank you. We freed Brittany. Now let's free the Tuscans. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh my gosh. All right, yes. guys, I think that is going to wrap it up for us today. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWPod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts. Uh, check out all of our previous episodes on the Star Wars films, Star Wars Visions. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can find Colleen, Flo, and I on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. And you can also find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. And join mm-hmm. us again sometime soon. There's a lot of great Star Wars content coming out this year. So we are going to have plenty to talk about. So much stuff. <laughs> but until then, guys, you're my people. Aww. So. Aww. Aww. Feel all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everybody. Please don't let the pikes take us out. <laughs> bye guys bye everyone I promise that if they do I will make sure I slaughter the right people in vengeance okay, yeah. I mean, taking out the swoop gang is fine too that's all we can really ask man my elbows oh, are just yeah. very sexual I have very oh, sensual no. forearms I'm very sorry uh, uh. I'm absolutely putting this at the end <laughs> As you should. As you should. If you don't, it would be. Oh my gosh.